Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girlbomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We are talking every single episode of every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits. Streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Here's Nikki. Hello, here I am. Welcome to the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I am podcasting from New York City in my friend Sarah Lena's house in Manhattan, Tribeca. Not going to get too much more detailed, but that's where I am. I'm joined here in this room, this guest room with me by um, my best friend, my former roommate, the woman who wrote this theme song. You know her, you love her, you've heard her on the podcast a million times. She's wearing socks that have the girl with the pearl earring on them. They are very <laughs> cool. Where'd you get those? It's Anya Marina, everyone. Thank you so much. I got them from a very nice couple in Richmond, Virginia that housed me for a house concert. Hosted me. They're really cool. I've I, never seen you wear something so bold. I like, feel like I am the girl and with the pearl, pearl earring. they have a pearl on them. I know. Into them, wow. a real pearl. Those are so cute. And how funky. does that not fall off in and the she's laundry? Wearing my tour T-shirt. What'd you say? Is yeah? How's that not falling off in the wash? It's insane. I don't know. There might have been two pearls at one point. I was watching a video this weekend. Noah, by the way, is in Arizona joining us. Hey, Noah, how's it going? Hey, good, good. Hi. Hey. Um. So this weekend we had a girls' trip, and we just all sent each other. Noah wasn't able to go, but man, we missed her, and she'll be on the next one. But it was so seven fun. of us. Um, Sarah Lena, whose house we're at right now, uh, Anya, me, Kirsten, Carlisle, Taylor, Cat, 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 and is that, that it? That's it. Oh my God, so many. Um, it was so much fun, but there was this video of Miss Tala. Oh yeah, Hala, we missed too. Um, of us all, wa- we were watching the Casey Anthony <laughs> show that we all were like on our chat talking about, but we were like, save it for the girls' trip. So we watched that and we're all unsure of if she did it or not, even though I was positive she did. Like, 
it I'm pretty sure she still did, but I do think it was an accident. We don't think she like actually like killed her. Like we think she there was a pool accident. It doesn't matter. I mean, it does matter, but like not for this story. Um, and Kirsten noticed that we were all like kind of snacking and crunching around the room. Like we had a bunch of snacks that we got delivered and we were just all just captivated watching the show. And Kirsten decided to record everyone um, eating and crunching. And I was watching the footage this morning because she said, <laughs> so You eat so slow. I'm here. On you the were video? eating a bag of Skinny Pop. And this time, you know, those tiny oh. little one serving guys. I've never seen someone eat one piece at a time very slow. And I'm like, I got to slow the fuck down when I eat. Like, are you, you ever- sure? I thought that Popcorn? was Kirsten. No, it was, she filmed oh. it. So she wasn't in it. Oh, it was, you I was slowly. So and I was like, man, I got to move slower. If we all ate slower, we'd probably eat less because you would have time to digest. Um, and I sometimes watch you eat your bars and you're just like, you just have like little <laughs> bites and then you'll set it down. And it's not like you're trying to restrict or be like, I can't have it. I'm just going to have a little bit. You literally just are very sl- sl- like a slow consumer. Yeah, I am a slow consumer. But those chickpea pops that taste like Fritos are like healthy. Oh, yeah. I was eating those one at a time because I was sucking off the powder. Like, I wish there were more powder and less I used chickpea. to do that with peanuts. I used to eat the shell because I just wanted that. I didn't like the peanut inside. This was before I was even like a weird diet girl, you know, like just this a was strange. Child. Just, I was just a weird child that only liked the shells and I would choke violently in the stands where people would be alarmed because oh, peanut shells are not supposed game? to eat them and they're so dirty. They, they were just so salty and I liked the crunch and then peanuts. I would be like, oh, get those out of here. Yeah, they're so um, plain. This girl's weekend trip was amazing. Highlights include... <gasps> Psychic vegan restaurant times. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we were supposed to have a psychic come... Anya, like, found the psychic. She was supposed to come. She got the date wrong. We were, like, not a very good psychic. She, like, didn't understand what day. She was like, I thought you meant Wednesday. And it was, like, very clearly Sunday. And we're like, okay, this, um, we don't trust her to, with our futures if she can't handle her own present. Um, so we didn't get a psychic. But then we were at – I really recommend doing this with a group of people. So I don't even know how this came about. We were at a dinner. Like, yeah. The idea for it. And Anya tore up the menu that was like little paper menus that, you know, disposable, tore up seven pieces. We each got a strip and then we wrote down something we wanted clarity on in our lives. Right. Something we wanted direction with. It could be a word. It could be a sentence. Like, what should I do about something? Or like, I just need more, you know, I just want guidance. And then we crumpled them up and folded them up and put them in a plate. And then we each picked one. And then we like held it in our hands and like swished it around and kind of just closed our eyes. And <laughs> whatever vision you got, you said, like, I don't know. I'm just sensing the word March. Like I'm sensing a tunnel. I'm seeing a volcano. Like whatever images popped into your head in that moment. And then you open it up and you see like how we could interpret what that vision you get from the energy of the paper and then we'd get like life direction at first we thought this is a ridiculous idea just to make us laugh and then we started yeah. getting freaked out by how accurate it was like you wouldn't know if the question was where will i move or you know who should i date or, or should i get a bird right which was mine and all <laughs> of the answers that we were coming up with were identical like I just also you had to pick a piece of paper that spoke to you or that you felt a pull toward yes and I was holding one and I had no direction at all in my head I'm like I'm not going to come up with anything and then out of nowhere I was like March and September are coming to me and then I opened it up and I was like where should I move and when 
And it was like, when should I move? That's what it was. Right. So you're going to move to March in September. Sorry, that was a terrible example. No, you... I did realize though that this is this is exactly what happens with psychics and tarot and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's I don't really believe this is actually guiding you, but it's like it tells you it tells you what you want to like we really want to be guided in the direction that you want to go, but sometimes it's hard to admit to yourself what you want. And so interpreting a mysterious clue really helps you in a way that doesn't feel so self-serving, tell you what you really want. Right. So like if someone was, to, if I was to say, what am I supposed to do? I need to make a change. What should I do? Is that like my question? And then someone says March, I can go, oh, I'm going to move in March. Or it could be, I'm going to start a women's March. Or it's going to be like, I need to watch March of the Penguins. Or, um, <laughs> right. uh, you know, you can really make anything out of like, because I was like, should can I get I a s- bird? And Sarah Lena for mine had seen a tunnel and sand. And a vagina. <laughs> and eyes and a vagina. And so we were like, oh, you should get a sand bird. The sand <laughs> is at the is in the forest, in the rainforest. You need a parrot. I'm like, no, I was already planning on getting a parrot. This wasn't about like, do I get a quail or a parrot? I'm going to get a parrot. <laughs> we if were I get like a bird. tropical birds. I'm like, but you can put sand anywhere. You can just be like, a sandbox is at a school. You should have a child. You know, like it really is kind of telling you what you want, but it was so fun. Yeah. It just got the conversation like kind of going in a, like, you know, sometimes it's hard for people to like open up about things. I feel like girls' trips for me are always ways for us all to kind of talk about what's on our mind and might what might be like really maybe shameful or embarrassing about our situation or how clueless we all feel or how like just stuck we all feel and then one of us reveals it and then the others are all like I am either there right now and it seems like I have it all together or I've been there and it was just so helpful and um we also Sarahlina did the coolest surprise for us we got into town it was just a quick trip we got quick trip we went to a gas station um <laughs> and that was the highlight we got big gulps well that's a different branding but um we got into town went to lunch then we so but the highlight for me was sarah lena had a surprise for us and she was like it's not a big deal don't seriously don't don't get excited about it she, first of all she got us to she got us so we were going to stay at her new house that we're at right now right but and she has multiple floors and we could have just taken over one of the floors or whatever. But she was like, I just feel like, you know, my husband's going to be there. He's going to be on a different floor and we could totally avoid him. They have like elevators here. <laughs> she was like, but I kind of want to be away. So she, out of the kindness of her wallet, got us <laughs> a hotel stay, the suite, these two suites that had like adjoining rooms practically oh at God. the nicest hotel any of us have ever stayed at. My mom would have had a field day on this being like, look at this. You might have seen some of the footage on my Instagram story of us playing with the curtains that, you know, you press a button and they open, <laughs> um, shooting like Taylor Swift videos. But And everything was very French and like feminine and you just felt like you were in Paris in 1940. Yes. Five. It 1953. So nice. It was like the way Graceland felt when we visited yes. Graceland and everything's preserved in time. It's almost like 50s stuff, but new. And so this place is just gorgeous. Um, shout out to the Fo- Foquet. If you want to look at how pricey the rooms are, guys, go look at Foquet. F O U Q E T Q E T. Foquets. Foquets. Yeah. Oh, I'll never forget it. And so, <laughs> um, but we went to, we like went out for the day. We got foot massages from Anya as a Christmas gift. It was so nice. And you went back we to the, foot the usual spot. 
Yes. yes. Four Seasons Foot Spa. Oh, you have to. Oh, I, th- I thought it was the one by the Comedy Cellar. That That's what it's called, to. is Four Seasons. Oh, okay. I think, or like, yeah, something like that. If you ever go visiting New York, it's on 8th Street and 6th Avenue. Um, it's called Four Seasons. Tell them Nikki and Anya sent you. An hour-long foot massage from one of the strongest men in- Or women. Or women. <laughs> There's three. It, yeah. It, we had, you just sit in a room and you lay back in a chair and you get your feet pummeled and you make orgasmic sounds and you cover your eyes just like when you come. I realize I have the same reaction to coming that I do that a foot <laughs> massage. I like get embarrassed and I have to cover my eyes. You're also just as like focused and directorial. You're like, that's good. That's actually less. No more. More like to the point where you think you're and hurting then, me. And, but I'm very giving with like, oh, that's so good. Yes. Oh God, that's good. Oh, And they oh, love oh. it. And they laugh so hard at my responses. Um... So then afterwards, Sarah Lynn was like, and I have a surprise. So then we go. And it's just like a cozy. I mean, it's silly. It's a girls, it's like, guys, not, it's seriously, just, she's so good at planning thing. surprises. She's so good at planning. It's amazing. So we go back to the hotel. We walk in. First of all, one of the bellhops ruined the surprise because he's like, are you guys here for the movie? And we were like, <laughs> oh. And then Sarah Lynn was like, he ruined it. And I'm like, he ruined it 20 seconds before we would have seen it was a yeah. movie. So we took an elevator downstairs. To like the basement level and there's a cinema there like where they do screenings i'm sure this place is so nice it opened like four months ago we are probably the first people in this yeah. cinema and we watch and it has surround sound surround oh. sound for this movie that didn't and even lounge, have surround sound like when, the kind of lounge, lounge chairs. chairs that are like beds that are like fainting couches and we, yeah. we push them all together <laughs> all fainted. and we all we seven in each a other. row like madeline like at an orphanage <laughs> where all these little beds in a row and we get to watch Can't Hardly Wait, which was a movie that was a seminal classic for me and all my friends growing up and like informed so much of who we are. And we all have such nostalgia for it. And Anya, who like grew up in a slightly different generation, just missed out on it just enough. Just the way that I missed out on like Heathers or um, oh, yeah. Not Another Teen Movie or Pump Up the Volume or Reality The Lizzie Bites. McGuire movie. Like, oh. yeah, Reality Bites. You know, it's just that key moment so if you graduated between if you graduated high school between 1999 and 2004 you're gonna love can't hardly wait and um but then i loved watching it with you really because you are like a cinemaphile cinephile yeah a pedophile too um (laughs) (laughs) you 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 uh, are pedophilic for cinnamon um you're a cinephile (laughs) oh my god you love cinema you know like you know Tarkovsky and like uh, I don't know a little know, bit Tarantino I mean I don't know you just know like good Ethan Hawke you've been <laughs> uh, Steven uh, Spielberg uh, Michael Bay uh, Michael Bay and you um but you enjoyed it oh I loved it Ethan Embry st- is so cute with those big sad eyes the soundtrack oh. was amazing Smash Mouth was used three or four Ain't times no joke. <laughs> Jennifer Love Hewitt's boobs are like defying gravity she's in her absolute peak of everyone has yellow little- teeth yes everyone, everyone has, has like normal, normal colored teeth everyone has no botox ears, no yeah. botox everyone has like you know those she's wearing that classic um you remember the yeah. shirts that were so popular that like the little spaghetti strap, but it had like a built-in bra with yes. it too. Noah, yes. you yeah, those, right? They sold those on Delia's. Those Everyone had flyaways and Delia's. Nikki's like, people would be dying right now if this was oh, if filming you're now. you're on set, flyaways, it's almost as if your nipple is hanging out. How much of it? Like, <laughs> but she has flyaways. I'm like, 
So you mean some of my hairs might be like around my who can, like right now? Feel my head. I just yeah. did a photo shoot. Feel oh how, my god! What a disgrace! <laughs> they they pasted my head down because of fly the yeah, dreaded no, flyaway. Perfect. Um, and so yeah, it was just interesting to see. And then Jennifer Love Hewitt was every guy's crush. Oh my god! Like mm-hmm. and even impossible, mine. impossibly beautiful, like a doll come to life, like the tiniest waist, the biggest tiniest boobs. That show is possible. Just, that movie is just so well done because the the background, like everything going on in the background, there's jokes happening in the background. You know, there's constantly (laughs) people that you're seeing on screen that you're like, that's a person that's in movies now. Like it was just, everyone was in it. Seth Green was so funny. And it's fun to watch with you because you're, you remember dialogue. You probably haven't seen this movie for a few years, Mm -hmm. at least like at least 10, 10 or 15 years. Nikki was like, like calling out the phrases through the whole film. I'm like, how do you know that you have such an incredible memory? I have a incredible memory for something I watched literally a hundred times. You know, like it's clueless and can't hardly wait for me where my Seth big ones. Green was so cute. But at the end it was funny because I've talked about it before. I didn't kiss a boy until like so late in high school, you know, I was like junior, senior year, something like that. And um and all my friends had kissed boys and I just didn't know how to do it. I thought it was going to be bad. And I studied that movie so much. <laughs> the kiss at the very end where, you know, spoiler alert, the Ethan Embry and the girl kiss. And she does this thing. If you go back and watch it. Oh, and, I, yeah. and I still do it to this day. When you kiss someone, you kiss. And then a second and a half later, your eyebrows go up like, oh, that was surprised me. Like you kiss and then, oh. <laughs> and it was so funny because I called it out. I go, kiss eyebrows and then everyone laughed because they were like how did you know that was gonna happen i was like i've studied this extensively and that is how i kiss to this day and um and so then that was so fun and then we went to dinner and, and- she had a bag two bags of snacks ready for us in the theater as a surprise too like and a kate two cases of Lacroix. it was so fun there were no drugs there were no drinking it was just all Girl just fun. Good time, pajama fun. I might have microdosed a little bit, but I don't even think it affected me much. Um it was it was awesome girl time. And then Anya and I were fresh from a crazy weekend of shows, which is oh my God, so much fun. Weekend. So many besties came out. It was so nice to see you all. We were in Waterloo, New York at a, a casino called Del Lago, and then we were in Hershey. Hershey, Pennsylvania, which was amazing. Oh my god, Hershey was incredible. And then um the final night was at the Borgata in Atlantic City and we're going to tell you about who I got to hang out with there which you might have already seen on my Instagram but there is quite a story that surrounds it so we'll be back right after this with that story Hacks is back for season 3 and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode Hacks creators Lucia Agnello Paul W. Downs and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy winning comedy series You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. 
Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for some amazing TV to stream? Well, sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must-watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu right now. One of my favorite shows ever. And I mean, don't you want to know how he met their mother? Then go back home with the Dumfies, the Pritchetts, and the Pritchett Tuckers in Modern Family. Then you can start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek. And then see what's up in the Kyle household in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. I mean, can you even watch all of this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking. Okay, we're back. So um, I was at the Borgata in Atlantic City on Sunday? Wait, Saturday night. Saturday yeah. night. And there, I was doing the Music Box Theater, which is the smaller of the two venues there at the Borgata. Um, Jerry Seinfeld was in the other one. And I knew about that months before because I remember Chris had some friends in Atlantic City and he was like, they're deciding between Jerry Seinfeld and you and they picked you. And I was like, oh my God, that's so nice. And then, um, so I remembered hearing that, but I forgot about it because I just kind of put that out of my mind because I feel like I don't want, I don't want to know. I just don't want to know who's in the next room (laughs) selling more tickets. And like, also Jerry Seinfeld, I'd I'd be like, go see him instead of me. But people actually came out to see me. Like he had tickets available and they still chose to came to see me. It was so fun it was such a good show and throughout the show i even referenced that like you guys chose me tonight fuck jerry seinfeld like i was just like being joking because obviously not i love jerry seinfeld but i was like fuck jerry and i was like you know you might want to step out in there and like cleanse your palate after these like pedophile jokes just like step into his showroom and um just see what he's up to and i'm like what if you walk in and he's like what's the deal with pedophiles i mean they're kids you want to have sex with a kid? Like I was just doing kind of Jerry doing, uh, I guess someone, I've heard someone actually do a bit of, oh, t- Tom Takar used to do Dirty Jerry's Oh, Bell. that's right. Yeah. yeah. So I guess I was kind of doing that. But, um, <laughs> and then, and so I kept just being like, who needs it? You know, making jokes about it, but also like so reverential because I love Jerry Seinfeld so much. And then we get off stage. I do the meet and greet, which is really fun aside from the guy who, oh, okay. During the show though, there was, I was doing a whole bit about um, that I've been doing for years. It's just a bit I've been doing forever. If you come to see me and you're like, I've already seen that bit, just know that it just hasn't been in a special. I might have done it on the road before, but all the stuff I'm doing right now has never been in a special. So if you've heard a joke before, it's because it's been in my act a while. There's this joke that I've never found to put in a special, but it's about how short guys are tend to have better personalities than tall guys, and tall guys kind of like have the world given to them generally because tall guys, you know, they look like they have more power. So everyone like kind of likes them and laughs at everything they say. So they think they're funny, all this, but so I'm doing 
I do that bit and then I move on to something else. And in the middle of a bit, a guy just walks to the front of the stage, which does not happen ever unless you're at a com. Maybe this has happened at comedy clubs and he sets a shot glass on the stage and is like offering it to me, you know? And I just go, what do you do? What, what is, what is, what's happening over here? And he's just like, and I go, what is that? And he goes, I think whiskey. And I go, oh, sorry. He doesn't know the drink, but he does know the chemical compound of the pill he put inside of yeah. it. He's very sure of that. And <laughs> I was just making, and I go, this, what, a, what, a, what made you do that? And I'm like, I forget the jokes I was making. I was pretty funny about it, but, um, I was like, thank you so much. Like never do that again. Like kind of under my breath, like being, thank you. That's really nice actually, but you have no self-awareness and, um, this was a bad choice. And, um, and then, and then I go, and also it's just, I go, I, I couldn't really see him when he walked away. Cause it's kind of far. The room was so fucking big and so full of people. I could barely make it up. But, um, I go, you're tall, aren't you? This is such a fucking tall guy, tall guy thing move. to do. Like a confident, a hot guy thing to do because, just to interrupt a show and be like, I'm going to give her a shot and she's going to be so grateful. I go, first of all, I don't drink. So thanks for your research. And I've already said that on stage tonight. And secondly, you just interrupted my bit. And it wasn't like I was, you know, I'm not Burt Kreischer. Like this wasn't, it was just not the vibe. And um, I kind of trashed him a little bit for it, but. It makes me think of like when guys like ask women um, to like go out with them on like a jumbotron. It's like puts them on the spot. It's so uncomfortable for the woman. Wait, ask them to go out. Like you mean get engaged? Get engaged or just like, like, I would like to go out with you. <laughs> or saying, I like hilarious. you. Yes. Or just yes. like, you know, like um, in like a very public setting. It's just so. Yes. It's, it, it's cringe. If and it's this like is cringe. the guy I think it is, it so checks out. Do you know? Oh, because you didn't. Did you witness I this? I think I met this person at the merch table. You and 100% I did. I got groped. Yeah, exactly. His wife tried to yep. chastise him in front of me. I realized yep. immediately <gasps> she has the full-time job of babysitting her husband. Yep. Yep. He was so annoying. He kept saying he was going to carry me. He was hot. I said, you're not going to carry tall. me. He's like, I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to lift you. I'm like, you're not going to lift me up. And then he like groped he my side He has to lift me boob. up too. And I said, no. And he I was goes, like, please get your hands off me. I already shamed him from the stage. And then at the meet and greet, he asked to lift me up, which God. I never want because even though you think I'm light, I have heavy bones and you were going to make some kind of... I don't want to be that close to you. P.S. I think guys like that are touching it's me. It's a power trip. Guys, yes. Guys like that get off at women saying, no, 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 no. They just, that's what they want to hear. Rapist, you mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, <laughs> he was, also was harassing this other couple. I thought they were together, and they were trying to take a photo with me. He's like, "All right, I'm going to take the picture of you guys now. Lift her up, lift Anya up, lift her up." I'm like, "Do not lift me up." And the guy's like, "He I'm has not like a, lifting you up. A, a don't worry." Carrying fetish, you know, like he just wanted, his poor wife. I'm going to change his name because I remember he his did name. Ask, I will say, and sometimes they just like grab you. I mean, this hasn't happened in years. I mean, this was more like the wild west of comedy clubs where no one knew who you were. I was an opening act. They didn't respect me at all and now there's it just rarely happens but um it was nice to have besties like right behind him so that when he left they were like are you okay and i'm like that's fine because wow. i know how to kind of handle it now he just goes can i lift you up and i go no and he goes really like first of all shut i said no don't give me no like, one a ever tells me no it. though i'm six four yes exactly and i go i knew you were tall as soon as he walked up i go i knew the guy that brought a shot was fucking tall and then he um no offense to any tall people listening you're all kind and i love you um but then he goes then we take a picture and he 
kisses my side of my face, but I don't know if he's kissing me or licking it. I thought he's going to lick me oh, because he's such I'm a guy. Sorry. That just, so he, I think he's licking my face and I make a face like, uh, and I'm just like, get it over with. And Either these are, option is these gross. Are always the times where their cameras don't work, right? Right. And so you have to like hold it. Oh, and I know you're like, why don't you tell him get the fuck off you? I swear to God, you guys, it is more work than to just get through with it. Like to just, because then mm. his wife, I, and I was embarrassed for his wife who was very nice yeah. and who could, you could tell was like just putting up with her drunk husband who kind of. She kept being like, Michael, Michael, Michael. I changed his name, but yeah, full name, Michael, Michael. Face, I told him, I was like, please post that because my face was so funny in it. Cause I was so disgusted. Oh. And he was like, oh, this sucks. And I go, no, that's hilarious. <laughs> like you focus on my face and know that this is how most people feel when encountering you. And. <laughs> You're going to start getting older and you're going to lose your fucking looks. And then what are you going to have? The sad part is he will never have any self-awareness about it. Even after he listens to this, he'll probably have a weird... like for it. Yeah, I was trying to censor myself. But yeah, half chub for this whole story. I'll be like, yes, success. Yeah. That's I, the problem with sociopaths. They yeah, like it. They do like True. it. And he did... Because if I were him and I brought a shot on stage thinking it would be a funny thing, because I've been that person before where I just don't read the room, right? And then you get a little bit shamed. I didn't shame him mercilessly because I'm grateful. He just made a, you know, he made an error in th- thinking that's the right time. He's maybe with just freshly from a Burt Kreischer show where that's okay and, and actually like invited. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't, I trashed him a little bit, but I was also like, thank you for coming. No big deal. Thank you for the shot. That was nice to think of, you know. But then... If that happened to me, I would skip the meet and greet because I would be so embarrassed right. that yeah. I she knows I'm that guy. But I or tell apologize. you, 10 out of 10 times when someone is an embarrassing person, a guy in the crowd and does something that I, I the whole crowd feels cringe for them, they will come to the meet and greet and they'll be like, I was the guy that did that. And I go, of, I know you are because I studied your face to use it for a sketch artist when you eventually <laughs> rape me someday. I would like I studied your face so I can give it to a police sketch artist. Um, but it's it, yeah, it's just a certain type of person. But it is a rare person. Anyway, after the show, I get done with that meet and greet. I wash my hands. Um, I cleanse my palate, <laughs> and I'm getting ready to sit down and eat my dinner that was delicious and I was so excited because meet I had been done with three shows three meet and greets which is really six shows and just to be clear I love the meet and greets no this is over like in three days days. so Thursday Friday Saturday it was just like and we drove in between each show like it was a lot of work for me Anya and Matt um you know my tour manager Matt Pond and so we were all just kind of like and Bobby J Cox was also who you've heard on the podcast he was also there so we're all backstage Oh, and before the show, Matt said something to me, right? About Jerry? Yeah. Yeah, he was like, would you like, Nikki, would you have any interest in meeting Jerry today? Because he's just down the way. If you want, we can set that up. Yeah, he was like, do you want me to inquire about it? Yeah. And I was like, God, no. No, like, he he doesn't need to meet me. Like, I don't want to bother him. Like, of course, I would love to meet Jerry Seinfeld, but like... I have met Jerry before. I was um, on Inside Amy Schumer and we did a sketch called 80s Ladies. And at the end of it, Jerry comes in and we like, like get to latch arms with him and watch on the street. I met him briefly that day. It was very cold outside. It was a quick shoot. It was cool to be on camera with him, but it wasn't. we didn't have an interaction. I knew his wife from hanging out at Amy's house. His wife, Jess, and Amy are friends. And I really love Jess. And we were Instagram friends for a while. And I, we haven't talked in years, but I liked her. But I just, I don't know. I got the sense about Jerry from watching Comedians in Cars. Like, first of all, I think I was like a little bit bitter. Like, I wanted to be on that show. Not that I should have been on that show, but I wish it was still around so that when I was famous enough, I could have been on it. So I was always kind of like, I'm almost, like, there were a couple comics on it that I was like, 
oh, I could be on this show, you know? And I think I was just like, I want to be on the show. And and from watching Comedian, the documentary, and just being a huge Jerry Seinfeld fan, I thought I knew what he was like. And like, he's very serious about comedy. He's going to want to talk bits. I might not have any. And he's not going to be a fan of my comedy. Like he does clean comedy. He's very meticulous about word um, choice and just... He has a he has the style that I wish I could have, and that I just I don't know I don't have the discipline or whatever, and I just revere him. He's a you know an advocate of transcendental meditation. He's just smart and cool, and he's the kind of comic I wish I could be in terms of work ethic and stuff, and and clean and accessible and all those things. And then I'm backstage, about to sit down, like about to take a bite of my cauliflower, <laughs> and I'm like ah, and then Matt comes back and is like. Uh, Nikki, Jerry would like to see you. And I was just like, okay. I didn't even freak out. I was like, yep, that's happening. And I was just, I knew exactly what it meant. I was like, I have been summoned. Jerry wants to meet me. I just, I think I might've said like, he asked for me and he's like, yes. And so it was like go time. And Matt was like, I think Anya should go, like you should have one person go with you if you want. And I was like, absolutely. Anya starts getting ready. I'm like, Anya and I are going, she's the perfect wingman for a situation where, you know, she's not going to like fangirl out too hard. She's not going to embarrass herself. She like is cool around celebrities. Um, and so she comes with me and we get walked through like the bowels of the Atlantic City Casino to the other side of the place where Jerry has just performed. And we, I don't know what to expect like at all. I just think he's being cordial to the other comedian right. that's performing there. We had no idea. But on the, the way there. there yeah. The security guard did say he never does this. And he comes through Atlantic City a lot. And he's like, he's never done this with like the other comic performing. And I'm like, he's like, and all the times he's never done this. And I was yeah, like, Jerry never does this. So I don't know. That's so just telling you, Jerry never does this. I was like, all right. And so we Oh my God, I'm getting up. goosebumps know, again. That night, we could not stop getting goosebumps. <laughs> it was unreal. And we're both pretty non, like we're not starstruck people. No, like I'm pretty chill. Like we've met a lot of people. I was nervous to meet Jerry though because yeah. we were both like I'm clickety clack down the hall, like click, 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 click in our high heels. And like, you were just playing oh that Seinfeld trivia game on your Instagram. Yes, I know. which is so weird because the night before like Hershey, one of my fans, Innocence, brought me a fun trivia card game of Seinfeld trivia and I was nailing it and like I would realize I'm a fucking good Seinfeld fan like it is I still retain a lot of that obsessive knowledge from you know middle school high school um and that show I put it on all the time it still holds up it's the best and as you all know and so then we we get we approach and I guess it's the last dressing room and I kind of know it's his and I just hear is she here is she here and I walk in and he's already walking up to the front of the door to greet us. And he is, even before I get in, he embraces me and he's like, I, I think I blacked out, but he goes, he says something like, I am a huge fan. I love you. You are so funny. I have watched everything you do. You are so, he goes, and I was like, I thought I literally said this to him. I go, are you doing an impression of what I should be saying to you? Like, I said that to him. I go, this is all the same stuff. I go, what are you talking about? I go, you're Jerry Seinfeld. I was like, you don't know what you mean to me. Thank you so much for everything. Like, I love you. And I started kind of tearing up because he was just saying he was like a true fan of mine. Like, I thought they were doing a bit. I thought it was a put on because all I heard, I'm behind Nikki as we're entering this tiny little green room that they're all in. He's there with his two openers. And all I hear is, 
I love you. I love you. I can't believe you. I love that this is happening. I love that this is happening. And I'm like, oh, this is a joke. Like they're just being big on purpose. And then I realized this is real. They've really, truly never met like this before. Uh And they're both freaking out. He was like, what was your first impression? Because I had like a couple. Hot. Yeah. He was like, <laughs> he is not first so my, hot. He is hot. It's insane. And he he's also a lot like Chris to me. Like he looked like the way my boyfriend is going to age. And like, I wouldn't have thought Jerry Seinfeld would like give this aura of like hotness. Like I've never like no offense. So to Jerry trim. Seinfeld, but he's always been cool and definitely like a catch on his show. He's always like the guy that was dating like the cool girl. And he's like, and he has like a hot wife. I mean, he does well for himself. There's you, I should have assumed he would be this way in person, but he was like fit and had good posture, but like not too bulky, not too thin, like perfect 60 something year old man bod. Yeah. Like perfect. Like hot. Silver fox. Great hair. Salt and peppery. Great jawline. Like he really did. I afterwards I texted Chris and I think Chris was probably rolling his eyes like you you can just say Jerry's hot. You don't have to compare him to me. But I was like, you literally he he did have a convy. He did. He was so cute. And my first impression really was like I didn't know how how animated and enthusiastic and giving and like like how much he laughs and gives and is like so so upbeat so energetic like i thought he would just be like i mean this guy's been around for fucking ever he is the goat like he is he has no reason to have any enthusiasm he could be whatever he wants to be he could be very jaded um but he was like a true fan of mine and my walk away from the whole thing he invited us to sit down he goes what do you want do you want a sub do you want a drink do you want what do you want what we have everything and he introduced us to his openers uh mario and what was the other guy's name Forget, oh, but they Robert, were so cute too. They were uh, handsome men, and we just sat around and talked for like twenty five minutes. What probably. do you talk to Jerry Seinfeld about? And who is the one who's like guiding the conversation? Okay, so what we talked about? He first of all was like, "I just want you to know, I've seen all your YouTubes." <laughs> so nice. He goes, "I've seen everything you've done. Every I know everything about you. I've watched all of your stuff on YouTube. I know everything." Because she was at one point, she was like, "So I moved back to St. Louis." He's like, "Oh, I already know that." He goes, "Because <laughs> I was telling his openers because they go, where are you from?'" And Mario asked, and I go, "I." He go, they go, "Where do you live?" And I go, "I live in St. Louis." And I go, and I looked at Jerry because usually people are shocked when they hear yeah. that I live in. And I looked at Jerry like it's true. And he goes, "Oh, I know. You think I don't know that about I you? Watched, like, I watched all the things." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm like, did he? But um, so I will say one thing that was really interesting, and this will be good to Seinfeld fans, is he was like talking about, I forget how we got on the subject of it, but I said, um, oh, I told him, listen, I know, you know, I know he hears about how great Seinfeld is all day long, but I just had to tell him, I was like, I have to say I was, you know, Seinfeld made me who I am in eighth grade, which is one of the coolest things that ever happened to me. My my algebra teacher, Gay King was his name. It was the best algebra teacher name for eighth graders. Gay King was his name, Mr. King. Mr. King gave me um, the weekend. I was supposed to take a test on Friday. Um, and Thursday night before the test was the finale of Seinfeld. And he knew how much it meant to me that I would not be able to study that night. So he let me take the test on Monday. <laughs> and I've never heard of anything like that before or since. And I just felt so seen. I thought, like, this is, like he know like it was almost like it no one's ever given me that kind of like leeway for even if my grandma died but this was because the Seinfeld finale like he took it seriously and I don't even know if he was a Seinfeld fan but I told Jerry that and he goes well I'm sorry we disappointed you with the 
finale because the finale is classically like panned by Seinfeld fans, except me. Thank God, because I've always loved the finale. I thought it had to be different than a regular Seinfeld episode. And um, and I said, you know what? I actually like my favorite thing about the finale was the montage and the song. And he goes, uh, had the t- time of your life, Green Day. And I was like, it's the best song to choose. And that is now used in so many montages. I hope you had the time of your life. But at the time, I think it was the first one that they use that and and it made me cry it's the best montage and he was like thank you i chose that song <laughs> like he was very proud of his choice of that and then he was talking about the finale and how and i go if you don't remember the sign for the finale they all kind of go on trial for like making fun of this fat guy as he's like they were like making fun of someone as he's robbed and they get on trial for like he gets robbed it's like they're really mean and then they go on trial and they I'll go to jail pretty much. And they're punished at the end. And he said, I regret that because I did that because everyone, I was listening to critics. I was listening to people say that these people are bad people. They're mean people. They, and I was like, well, then if everyone thinks that way about them, they need their comeuppance. And that's what he wanted to do with that episode was show that like, it's not okay to be a bad person, a selfish person. And he goes, but they weren't bad people. I look back on it and I let critics convince me that they were bad people. They weren't bad people. Everyone's selfish. Comedy is selfish. They were people. They were people. And he regretted that. And then he also though said, as much as he wished he wouldn't have listened to the critics, he said, He's, I forget who he quoted. It was someone. Oh, that's right. It was some artist he had quoted saying like, there's no idiot whose advice I can't benefit from. Every idiot has some piece, something that you can hear. Like every YouTube comment, there's something to be gleaned that you can take as feedback as an artist. And I liked that because I hate when people are like, get mad at the audience. My biggest pet peeve, as you probably know, is like when comedians are on stage and they tell a joke and they're like, oh, you guys just don't get that. This crowd fucking sucks. And they get mad at the crowd. I'm like, no, you suck. The crowd, there have been shitty crowds for sure that are just dumb or they're not listening. But you are an art, you need to adjust. You need either go to their level or like acknowledge that this room is full of drunk people or acknowledge that this room is full of people talking. You need to figure out a way. Like it might be hard. It might be impossible. But like blaming the crowd is so lame to me. And so I liked hearing that because even when people go, you don't need to listen to that person's opinion about you. Stop reading the comments, which I don't read anymore because they just hurt me too much. But I do think that, you know, we're trying to entertain the the masses. So like, some feedback can be helpful. Even if it's like, you're a fat slut and Thanks. all women should die. I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, I do dye my hair. Maybe I can take, you did spell dye wrong and unintentionally. <laughs> Um, but he was saying he was working on a new film and that he oh, was yeah. asking for all kinds of feedback from all kinds of folks. And he didn't necessarily love the feedback the network was giving him, but he was like, I'm going to listen to it. I want to yeah. be open-minded. Maybe and they're right. That's so cool because you just, I always thought of him as like such a lone wolf. Like he is so, he knows how to do his own set and he doesn't take advice from anyone else, which is still true because I said, you know, this is interesting, Jerry, because I've been thinking about my stand-up set and how I approach my roasts have always been the thing that everyone applauds me for the most, like my roasts. And there's a part of me that doesn't feel like I can take credit for it because it was such a process that I invited other writers into, other comedians, and I had a lot of help on roasts. Even though I wrote many, if not most of the jokes, I got a lot of help. Um, 
And for some reason I go, and I don't know why I don't do the same thing with my standup. Like, why am I not getting help from people? And he goes, no, no, your standup is you. No, you're doing everything right. You don't need, he goes, for example, I'm working on this bit about playing poker and how I don't care about my, it was some, you know, very early bit that he's working on. And he goes, no one's going to be able to tag that up for me or, you know, tag being a joke on a, on a, after a punchline. He's like, no one knows that's, that's in my head. That's my own, per- no one can, no one can help me with that. And so it was, he was, he was very, very full of juxtaposition of like, yeah. listen to people, but also do your own thing. Like, but the one thing I t- will always try to remember is that he said, at one point I was talking and telling a story and he looked at his friends and he goes, her voice. Even her, the way she talks is funny. She has a voice. What did he say? She has the comedy voice. She's got the comedy voice. And I was just like, <laughs> it was, it, oh, the best was when he, oh, so he nice. christened you a Jew. Oh, yeah. And he goes, Yay. are you Jewish? And I go, no, I'm sorry. And he was like, you're sorry. He was like laughing. And he was like, you're not. He goes, you are. You are. And I go, thank I, you. Yeah, you go, I wish I were. And he goes, Glazer. And you go, I know. People always think that. And he goes, you are. You are. But you are. And I go, okay, then I am. I said, that's how you know if you're Jewish. You're Jewish because if your mom is Jewish, you're Jewish. Or Jerry Seinfeld says you're Jewish. Those are the two ways. And so I'm Jewish. Everyone. It was such an amazing thing to just be in the room for that because I was, I'm pretty like unflappable and my eyes teared up several times. And I was like, why am I crying right now? I was looking at the carpet, like pull it together on you. No one could tell, but I was just going, wow, this man has touched all of our lives so much. Like Curb Your Enthusiasm, Larry David, Seinfeld, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Veep, like so many things I love in my life are due to Kramer this Kramer at the Laugh Factory. I mean, everything... <laughs> No, it's been so culturally impacted, maybe more so than anyone we, anyone you can think of, like in terms of how influential he's been. And um, he was so ebullient, like you yeah, do think he's going to be jaded, but he was just so full of joy and lo- like he had he's the most smiley egg. eyes oh. and he was just like staring at Nikki, smiling like a hundred percent joy the whole time. But I really like, I know my f- Great people have said I'm funny before. Conan says I'm funny. Like all my heroes say I'm funny. And you guys know as my besties that I doubt that sometimes and I think I'm tricking people or I'm like, you know, I figured it out, but it's not real. Like for some reason, like I really, I gotta, I'm, I'm going to remember the way he said that. Like if he, like I can't question Jerry Simon. Not that I can question Conan either, but sometimes I'm like, Conan's just being nice. Like, and yeah, I've, I've done well on his show, but like I, I was I, I don't know. I just sometimes can, I got to just remember yes. that for some reason, Jerry really got through to me of like, no, he's a legitimate fan of mine and like wants to hear what I have to say. And it was like, and he was like, you should have been in my movie. We should have put her in my movie. God damn. Like he was like yeah. so mad. And, and then Anya's like, then you guys need to work together. Yeah. Anya's being my agent. She's like, you need to put her in. Something. You guys you know, Anya yeah. need to do something. I didn't know awesome. comedians and cars is over. Is it? I feel like it, he would have said God, something that had been, it not been over. I've seen yeah. every single one, and I would love to see you guys do it. But then Anya, Anya's just like, I'm like, this is my opener. They don't even know if she does music. Like, they're not really, it was so fast when we were all introing that it was unclear. And then we, we you know, we have a friend in common, uh, Ryan Hamilton, and we were talking about his new stand-up, and, um, and Anya's like, it's this great 20 minutes about his, this accident he had and all the stuff, and Jerry's like, we should produce it. You and I, we're going to produce it. So he and Anya 
made like a deal that night. And he even said, I know this sounds like just this Hollywood, like we're not going to do it, but we're doing this. And then so Anya and I went and saw Ryan Hamilton's set last night. And I feel like we're going to get the wheels in motion on this. We are. It's so good. It was so fun. It was like, I don't I'm still pinching get... myself. What did your parents say? It's... They, um, they, I haven't, you know what? I texted them just the picture. I was like, you're never going to believe it. And then they just like hearted it. I haven't talked to them yet because I've been on this <laughs> okay. girl's trip, but they're, I did say like, he was, he's a huge fan of mine. Take how much you think he would be excited to see me in your wildest dreams and multiply it by a hundred because it literally was like, I'm not joking you. I never would have thought that Jerry Seinfeld would be that excited to meet me. It lit- I literally said to him, are you doing an impression of how excited I should be? Like, it felt like, it felt like the way that I was trying to suppress like the version of myself that is totally unbridled <laughs> happiness to, and excitement was the way he was. I was kind of like, take it easy, fangirl. Like it was that much. It was awesome. Yeah, I can't wait for your parents to hear. That was yeah. definitely the highlight of, one of the highlights of the year. For it sure. It really was. And um, also the weirdest thing is we were playing a manifestation game with the girls chain, like play the game of in your wildest dreams let's say a phone call happens you pick up the phone what is the great news on the other end and we were all making lists and Mm -hmm. one thing on my list this is a month ago I was like I want to produce a comedy special or work with a comedian would love if it's Nikki but any you know like I would love to work more closely with comedians in terms of like working on a special you said produce a comedy special and I was thinking Ryan's well I've never heard this dream what's going on here and then all of a sudden Jerry's like, we're producing it. And well, the yeah, I told Jerry, I go, I want, I want Ryan to do this, but he just he keeps saying he's going to shelve it. And I, I want to produce it. And he goes, you should produce it. And I go, yeah. yeah. And yeah, then he, he goes, goes I'll do it with you. I'm like, this is a joke. <laughs> I'm done. This really happened. It's wild. <laughs> so it, there's a plug for speaking your dreams into existence. Yes. I'm telling you, I talked about it last week on the podcast about um, doing mantras. And I got a lot of feedback from besties about my new mantra of I approve of myself I approve of myself and I was doing it this morning because I was on my way to a shoot and I was feeling like just chalky skin and like kind of just bloated from too much like food last night late at night and I was just feeling like (coughs) warning warning white lotus spoiler alert ahead White Lotus, spoiler alert ahead. If you have not watched the finale of White Lotus season two, please skip ahead at least two minutes. It may be more than that. I am sorry if it is. Warning, warning. White Lotus, spoiler alert, commencing now. You know, Jennifer Coolidge, when she fell off that yacht and just was floating in that ocean, I just felt really confused and puffy and, you know, just betrayed. And I was like, I approve of myself. I approve of myself. I approve. Guys, spoiler alert, I do a great Jennifer Coolidge. I realized this weekend. Spoiler alert now? No. Oh, yeah. By the way, I just gave away the ending of White Lotus. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Wait, let me do this for the for Can you insert. do it underwater? I approve of myself. <laughs> oh, wow. This ocean is beautiful under here. I was so sad. White Lotus, if you guys haven't seen the finale, I'm sorry um, to uh, spoil it. We'll, we'll do an insert of a spoiler alert for that because that one's really important. Um, but yeah. Uh, I can do a. We were working oh, on impressions this weekend, yeah. and my Jennifer Coolidge is like, "Have you been watching White Lotus, Noah?" 
Mm-mm. No, no, you have not. Um, I think most of the <laughs> nation has watched it. I think it's like the new I just love landing. your non sequiturs about like being hungry or not. Like, I've lost my appetite now. Now I'm hungry. Now I've, oh, that fish looks good. Oh, man. Why did I have to die? I wanted oh, to be on the next season. Oh, God. Um, but it's a little off. I need to watch it again. No, well, that was really good. so good. And I know people who haven't seen it yet are probably like, stop talking about it. And people who have seen it are like, wanting to hear more about it. I even this morning with my makeup artist, I was like, I'm still like recovering from White Lotus. Like, I'm still, can I just say my final thoughts about White Lotus Please. finale? Um, do it. She, and Noah, do you care if I spoil it for you? No, I don't care. Are you promise? Yeah, because like for me, it's watching the whole thing. It's not just like the ending that counts. You know what I mean? So I don't care about spoiler Okay, alerts. well, let me just talk in code then. What happens at the end of White Lotus, it's a great ending. Everything I agree with. I agree with the couples all getting together at the end through that fucked up web of betrayal. I loved that. I loved... Um, I love the deception from uh, the the like uh, sex workers. I love that whole thing. Like they not only deceived the guys, but they deceived us as viewers with the Elysio character. I thought it was brilliant. But someone didn't need to die. <laughs> that didn't need to happen. We. <laughs> I love how I'm talking in code. We. What happened before that person died? was enough of yes. a cool thing. We didn't need to see that person die. It was like, I. it didn't give us anything. It was enough of an ending for her to have that, to get the bag and go in the room and then the guys come up and that whole thing that happened. That was enough of, and, and for her to just, they could have panned out for her on the boat just being like, oh God. And you could have just seen her like worried and like what's gonna happen. And you know she's gonna be safe. Yeah. And that she's gonna have a lot of explaining to do. But that, and they could have left something so that you know she's going to have a, a trail where she can get, a, you know, she's not going to be found guilty. But or she's going to be able to have proof that they were going to kill her, you know? And I'll tell you why I think that happened. Why? Because I think that we need to have no hope. That's what this show is saying. I think that it's a cynical view of love and life on purpose in a big way. I think it's exaggerated cynicism. And that's why we lose the person we love the most. I don't hate Cameron and Daphne's relationship, I have to say. I know. As someone who's like, I, I don't like the lying because they both do lie to each other. But if they both were honest with each other, that they both They're having a good around. time. But she did have tears in her eyes. When she found out about if she doesn't a new win betrayal. a best actress for that betrayal, the nuance of her sadness oh, plus so her good. like I'm okay. So I read some synopsis of it, and it was like we see her get over the betrayal of an affair in 0.5 seconds. Yes, we I'm see getting her process goosebumps. like the hurt and then shake it off, and you just see that this woman has had to do it so many times yes. that the half life is now milliseconds for her to get over it, and it's just. I mean, it's like Elizabeth it's Moss incredible show. level acting because Elizabeth Moss used to say so much with just her eyes on Mad Men, on Handmaid's Tale. She can do like a the rainbow of emotions. All right, we're going to go to break and come back with a new segment after this. 
Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for some amazing TV to stream? Well, sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must-watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu right now. One of my favorite shows ever. And I mean, don't you want to know how he met their mother? Then go back home with the Dumfies, the Pritchetts, and the Pritchett Tuckers in Modern Family. Then you can start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek. And then see what's up in the Kyle household in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits. Streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. I mean, can you even watch all of this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking. And we're back. Um, just a reminder that my tour, the Good Girl Tour, is ongoing. And um, we have a couple, three dates left for the rest of the year. This weekend, it's Oklahoma City on Friday, Tulsa, Oklahoma on Saturday. And then on December 31st, uh, New Year's Eve special St. Louis show. So those tickets are available. Meet and greets are always available at the merch booth, as long as well as tons of new merch that I wish I could wear myself, but it has my face on it. So it's kind of weird, but it's so cute. I almost <laughs> wish it wasn't so cute because I'm jealous and I want it to, on my body. You can get away with the navy, 
for yeah, sure. You think? Yeah. It's not too it's, obvious. It's kind of Warhol-esque. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, the Navy one is so good. All of them are good. Um, and Anya will be there and what with special guests all the time. Not sure who exactly now, but um, yeah. Oh, wait. Tim Convy actually is going to be on the New Year's Eve show and cool. Anya as well. And so I hope to see you guys there. And let's get to our new segment that we have. Noah came up with a great idea. Um, it is where we go back in time and review a headline from the past and kind of talk about the headline itself, but also like where we were when this thing happened. It's a chance for us just to go back in time a little bit. So let's get to old news. It's old news. It's old. <laughs> <laughs> That was recorded this weekend by oh the, my God. On the Girls Trip. That sounds so good. It was great. Well done, Noah. Okay, Noah, what is the old news that okay. you have for us so today? So the old news headline goes back to 2013. Uh, Nikki and Sarah of MTV's Nikki and Sarah Live choose two fans of the show to take over their hosting duties, and they surprise them with a One Direction oh, interview. Yeah. And now yes. I want to share this because it's important. Because what was going on in the news is uh, it was just upon the Harry Styles and Taylor <laughs> Swift breakup. And uh, <clears throat> I want everyone to see what happens next. Did you guys have any idea? No! What did you have in that phone? Well, well it was Taylor Swift. You going to roll up. You want to ask one of these questions? Okay, so you're surprising. Wow. So what, did the, what did she say about Taylor Swift? What was the so, question that led to that? So Harry Styles asks, what were you guys listening to the headphones on the way over? Because the girls were oh, blindfolded. Yes, so we had them listening to headphones. They had no idea that they were going to be yes. interviewing One Direction. There's so much of a story behind this. Okay. <laughs> so, so as I was going down this rabbit hole, I realized that the girl who said she was listening to Taylor Swift right as... Um, like it was, it was right after the breakup. Oh, hold on. I had, I just want to show you this photo. Of Harry and Taylor. Yeah. And yes. she's saying this to Harry Styles. She's saying yeah. it to Harry Styles. And I just want you to look a freeze frame of the reaction <gasps> of the band. Does she know that they broke up? Yeah. She, I mean, yeah. I think she was just telling the truth. Look at their faces when she said that she was listening to Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> they're all they all know they're like oh shit they this loved it me. so this when i was at the people's choice award uh olivia wilde was there and you know her and harry just broke up right i did not know that they oh broke that's up. right olivia wilde yeah but olivia i didn't know olivia wilde was going to be there and backstage they were doing like these photo shoots like with these really nice photographers and during the photo shoot they had music on and they were playing like as it was and she was like backstage and i'm like Tell someone to turn that off. Oh. Like, I mean, because it's her ex's ex. Yeah, like that's kind of sucks for her or for like anyone. Like, even Jason Sudeikis having to hear Harry Styles like everywhere he goes. Right, it's yeah. like a thing. <laughs> but okay, so that Nikki and Sarah thing, how it came about was like I think we found out we were going to have five minutes with One Direction, and we're like, that's how this idea starts. We go, what are we going to do with that five minutes? Like, of all the things we can do, we could interview them. It's kind of like a press tour where they kind of sit in and then different you know, people come into the room and just interview them for five minutes and then you're ushered out. And we were like, oh, it would be a good idea if we found the biggest One Direction fans and b blindfolded them and somehow took off the blindfolds and there's One Direction <laughs> sitting there. So we convinced these girls that they were going to interview Kesha, which they were excited <laughs> about, but like, 
not huge. Like right. One Direction was their lives. They like ran One Direction fan pages and all these things. So we blindfolded these girls and we thought they were going to like fucking lose their right. minds. But they were like quiet and like just like shocked. And, and like it wasn't great TV. Like we thought it was going to be like fucking insane. Like they were going to cry and like, oh. all the things. But they were kind of just like, um, Hi, and we were like, "Do you want to ask them some questions?" But they didn't have any questions prepared because they had like thought they were going to interview Kesha. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, you know, asking her about her, you know, how she does her hair, whatever. It was like, but it was just how TV can kind of like betray you sometimes, where you're like, "This is going to yes. be the best," and then they were just so nervous and they were so sweet and everything. Um, did you know though? The one thing I remember from that. Oh, sorry. Before you get, what, to what that, did I know? What so apparently two years ago, the girl who said Taylor Swift went on TikTok. And she kind of made this moment viral. I really? couldn't find it. So if anyone does have it, I'd love to see it. I think and I remember this. Like she, Catherine is her name. And I really liked her. We followed each other for a while after that. And I was, I like, I loved those little girls. They were so sweet. And they put up with so much that day because it was so, they had to be blindfolded for like so long. We drove them around. It was all just like, it sucked for them she said a she lot. Didn't, and then obviously it didn't suck. Yeah, she didn't do it on purpose. It was just like... The truth had just come out, apparently, you know, and, and she, it, the two oh, things right, didn't the Taylor Swift thing, like, yeah, yeah, because they asked, "What are you listening to on those headphones?" And um, yeah, we had <laughs> just gotten into Red had just come out, I think, and so they were definitely listening to that. But um, that was like because we did a lot of surprises on that show. Like we thought another time we always use Kesha as the thing, like another time, cause Kesha was our first guest on the show. Another time Sarah and I went to Vegas cause we thought we were interviewing Kesha and we were like, we don't need to, oh, we've yeah. already interviewed her. What is going on here? So we flew to Vegas and we're like, what is this? And we're sitting there waiting for Kesha. She's late. And then all of a sudden Justin Timberlake walks in and he was like the reason we got that TV show because we created a viral video in 2011 or 12 about Justin Timberlake, like begging him to come back to music. And that was the reason we even got the mtv show and so our show was like based on surprises but it was just it was like i remember everyone was just like oh man like they just didn't react the way we wanted them to but i mean i would i don't know why we didn't see that coming i would have freaked yeah i would have been so like just if they did that to me with taylor swift and these girls but i will say the thing i got i took away because these they were little boys i was like 20 seven or eight i was 27 at the time and they're just children to me yeah but i remember looking at harry styles and being like hey cute oh <laughs> my god i get it like just gorgeous and i i never felt that way where you see someone in person you go except jerry seinfeld but like <laughs> where you just go whoa this is this kid is special and so um didn't you also interview ariana grande yeah she did a segment with us too that was awesome she was so funny um, she was particular about having one side of her face showing and not the other. She definitely had a good side. It was the first time I'd ever seen that, but she wasn't rude about it. She was so funny too. We had Ariana Grande fire people on our show. It's a oh, really yeah. funny yeah. segment. And so we have her like, just like, Brian, you make too much fish in the microwave. You have to go now. And Sarah and I are just sitting there like, sorry, Ariana Grande. And it's like, this is the nicest way we can let you go. And it was just beautiful. And she was so funny and down. Like we did a lot of fun stuff on that show. Oh, I know. I um, love the nude onesies. Oh yeah. That was the first time I ever did something where I was like embarrassed, like where I like showed my body a lot. We like put on these nude onesies and we went to a lingerie convention and just put on lingerie. It was the easiest <laughs> way to try so on lingerie. Funny. 
And we looked naked. I mean, it was like, and Sarah was older than me, so she was a lot more comfortable with her body and like just being more physically out there. And I'm more of like, I'm a comedian. I say words. So it was like a very, uh, it was a test of my like comfort. And we did that show live, which was so I insane. know. It was so good. Your news segments were so funny they and were fun, so fun, fun, real. Yeah, that. Yes. It, it, oh, yeah. Fun, fun, real was a segment that Emmy Blotnick, who is an amazing comedian, came up with, where we would just ask two really fun questions, like favorite color, red or green. Um, wh- what's your favorite animal, whale or sharks? Or yeah, we go like red or green. They'd be green. Whale or sharks? Sharks. Why do you think I'll die alone? And then just put the micro. <laughs> and then they just are like, uh, what? Like it was just that was so fun. It was called fun, fun, real. Yeah, we had a that was a good show, and we got two seasons of it. Like. Most of my shows, if we're counting, I've I've never gone past two seasons, including F Boy. We're gonna go somewhere else, including and, boyfriends. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> that's so true. I mean, you're almost on so, season two. Yeah. Sarah got two seasons. We're up to twenty four oh, yeah. months. I'm out. This podcast is probably the long. Uh, Serious was like a long run for me. Well, that's like I was talking about buying a house. Or so, like last night we were looking at property around here, and I was like, maybe I could do it. And Jesus Christ, it's so much money. Like after you do property tax and HOA fees. After you do property tax. After you do all the property tax and you look at the HOA fees and you just think of me, I got to tip the doorman at Christmas (laughs) and you factor all in that and it's maybe not even worth it. (laughs) Um, In um, It's like... In 2013, were you and Anya (laughs) friends? Were you living together yet? We were living together. Yeah, we lived together. I remember Nikki's... So that's where I was when that story broke. Yes. Probably sitting in the kitchen ordering Chinese from, from the guy down the street who would knock on the door and then give me my plastic bag and, and go. And he'd say, Have enjoy. Have enjoy. Which is like such a sweet Have enjoy. thing to say. Um, Love yeah, him. so I got the pilot for Nikki and Sarah um, in 2012. We were going to film it, January 2012. And it was. Really? Yeah, we got picked up to film in 2011. So it was like, wow. Maybe, it was like August of 2011, we found out, okay, we're going to film this pilot in January. And we were starting to put together a staff. And then it was like two months later that I was like, I got to quit drinking. So I quit drinking in November or December of 2011 because I was like, I can't fuck up this. Like, I can't be hungover making this show. And so that's how I always kind of remember it. And then we, oh, t- wow. we taped the pilot in January. And then we were told we had to tape another then we taped another pilot in april cuz well, they weren't satisfied with that then we got picked up in september and then we didn't air until january of 2013 and then we got canceled um i think you know november 2013 so we did two seasons in one year and then by 2014 it was like what am i going to do but um i moved in with anya 2012 yeah right? october okay. october to th- sorry 2012 yeah Oh, yeah, so I, d- I did the pilot when I was still living in that fucking terrible place. And then, yeah, uh, the whole time I made the show, I was living in What terrible Anya, place? In Astoria that oh, I lived with that girl really? so that's what you Oh, it was terrible, yeah. Um, but that really marked the, you know, I always told my parents when I got into comedy, like, give me until I'm, I gave, said, give me till I'm 28. That was always, no, 20, 27. I said, give me 27 is when I'm going to make it. Like just until then have my back and they, you know, and I'm just lucky. They definitely bailed me out financially and I've paid them back since then. But like if I wouldn't have been able to do it if I wasn't like my parents didn't help me out financially here and there. Um, so I'm realized that I'm lucky and privileged in that way. A lot of people don't have, but I remember I got the show 
the pilot got picked up. Oh, I remember it was it was like May thirty first of my the eve. I was about to turn twenty eight, and the last day wow. that I was twenty seven was the day that our pilot got picked up, or that we got our yeah that we got our pilot picked oh up. My so it God. must have been it was May thirty first, and then by January, so it was May thirty first, two thousand eleven. Would that have been twenty seven years old? Yeah, um, and and that was when I was like. Oh, I and it was just just under the wire where I was like, okay, now I have like a paycheck coming in. It was awesome. Speak it into existence. You did. I approve of myself. 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 I Greg proves of myself. Like it just starts to sound like nothing. But yeah, a lot of besties wrote me and were like, oh my god, I'm so glad you're getting into mantras. Do you ever do those? Yeah, I haven't done one in a while, but I liked for a while. I was doing. I am a seductive. And feminine being or something like Ooh. that. Because I was, someone told me like, you're not in touch with your sexuality. This is like three years ago. And I was like, maybe I'm not. I'm always wearing like chunky boots and um, boy jeans. And it was so uncomfortable I'm to sorry, say that. Start, like, just <laughs> yeah, I'm just describing her outfit. I'm right back to my old fashioned <laughs> sensibility. No, no, no. Um, but, but yeah, I, I worked on that. Struggle with that. That's a good one. I'm a sensual are. and sexual being. I gotta start trying that one. I it like, probably works. I, Final thought. Money comes to me easily and swiftly. Good things come to to me easily and swiftly. I do that one a lot. Good things come to me easily and swiftly. I like the word swift in there. Yeah, that's I'm trying to think of what I want to manifest next. Cause even like if I were to be like, I want to produce a special, I'm like, oh, that's a lot of work. Like I want to do something that I like doing like- it in the present tense. Like I am producing a special that I love with people I love. Well, that's just delusional because you're not. <laughs> but no, you're. I like to do things that actually are true too. Like, um, I approve of myself. Like, even if I don't. Well, I guess that's true because I don't when I'm saying it. So yeah, you're right. You can. The just only sit. reason is to conjure up the feeling of what it would feel like to do it, and then yes. they're like, "Oh, that's how people who are fill in the blank feel." Like if you're a billionaire, how would a billionaire feel? Like right. I have ample money for the rest of my life for myself and my family. Ah, oh, that's I approve of myself. It really just for some reason the Louise Hay recording like that really struck me because it's like if you have that, you have everything. If you, no matter, because you can be anything, you can look any way, you can have any amount of money, yeah. and if you approve of yourself, it's okay. And so it just, that one really like, I love that. Helps me. I approve of myself. I approve of myself. Um, and so that's a good one to just say to yourself in the back of an Uber over and over and over. And your score will also go down in that <laughs> Uber, but that's okay. <laughs> but um, I have to go because I am actually going to go get a shot into my clitoris i'm going to that place called the v spot so at atlantic city at the meet and greet there was this doctor that was in line and she was like have you been to the v spot and i was like i think i have actually because another woman back in the serious days offered it to me and they do a thing called um prp where they like extract your blood they spin it around a machine and then they put it back into you and it's supposed to like I don't know what it does. Do Enhance you know? your clitoral experience? Yeah. <laughs> your orgasm? It's going to wake me up down there, even though, thank you, Seinfeld. Like, I feel alive. <laughs> that was, <laughs> that hit me too. Um, no, like, and Theo James, White Lotus. Um, I, uh, they're just going to put me in a room and wa- make me watch close ups of his face. Um, but I'm going to get that done. I'm kind of like not feeling like doing it, to be honest with you, because I'm like, I just kind of want to take a nap. Yeah. And I have to go get a fucking needle put into my clit. Um, And I've been talking about on stage about how like 
guys don't like i hate to do jokes about like guys you don't know where the clitoris is (laughs) but i don't think i think a lot of them don't know that there's like a hood over it like there's like a flap of skin that sometimes you have to lift up to access but then i learned from taylor and from anya that they don't want that flap lifted up they need that protection because it's too sensitive yeah i mean i'm you know i'll i'm open to both things but it doesn't always have to get lifted up like a treasure like, chest. Yeah, as Taylor said, I like it all smushed together. She said, I like it all smushed together. <laughs> what do you feel, Noah? Do you like do you like the hood to be lifted to get into the it's engine too, parts? It's too intense. Two cents. I love intense. <laughs> well, then you're gonna enjoy your afternoon at the V spot. She, is, I'm getting. <laughs> this is me like self care getting. Yeah, and I don't even need. I don't even know what I need it for. <laughs> Like, I know. I watch I Nikki. She's like, do. oh, I have so much in my schedule. But then I watch you and you're like constantly scheduling new well, shit. I think it's going to be free. And I'm not doing this as like, she didn't, I'm not advertising this place in any way for farm. But this is a thing that happens when you kind of are, have a celebrity is people go, you need to come by my spot. I'll take care of you. And you don't know if that is, I'm going to shoot your clip and then charge you $800 <laughs> or it means, and like make you talk to me and take a picture. Or it means I'm going to hook it up because- Shout out to everyone who's ever hooked me up in the world. Like I am very grateful for all the times people just give you things. But I don't know. So I'm going into this being like, I might be out of pocket for something I don't want to really do. Yeah. <laughs> just but it was I can't turn down free stuff. I'm my I'm my mother's daughter. You're gonna turn down a clit shot for eight hundred dollars? You kidding me? Two little you kidding for me? Are you kidding me? You do you have a plus one in there for me? Oh, I squid salad. My is gonna look like squid salad after that's literally what my vagina looks like a lot of times. It's just raw squid salad, (laughs) discounted squid salad. Um, so I'm gonna go do that, and I will report to you next week for sure about how that all goes. Um, so thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Uh, thank you for understanding our recording equipment. If it sounds a little weird, I forgot the equipment. I'm, I've missed an essential piece of the elements. So, um, we'll be back to sounding normal next week and I love you and don't be care. And thank you, Anya. And thank you, Noah. And Jackalope. Oh, we've done that one before, but why not? Jack up that needle and slam it into my (laughs) clitty. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10 year, 100,000 mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots 
the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net.